my Heidi my welcome to the panel on RNZ National Wallace Chapman here. Prime Minister Chris Hipkins today said he did not think the government should be hiring lobbyists for communications work. He indicated he will be taking action in that space. So this after RNZ's Guy and Espiner released part one of a series into political lobbying. We discussed the issue right after four. And would you support this? A universal savings boost with five grand dropped into every New Zealanders bank account when they turn 18, provided they go on an outward bound style course. The Opportunities Party announced that today. Do you think it makes sense? Also, fewer than a third of us think we are in our dream job. The idea that it even exists is fading fast is a piece in The Guardian. Does anyone have their dream job? Let me know if you do. And the best region revealed, if you want to leave the big city, it might surprise you, that on the panel. And Monday, that means the song Whisperer. Guess the lyrics, we play the song, and here they are. Every finger in the room is pointing at me. I want to spit in their faces, then I get afraid of what that could bring. I get a bowling ball in my stomach, I got a desert in my mouth. It's quite hard today. What's the song? Text me, 2101. With me today, Nalini Baruch, founder of Lot 8 Olive Oils, previous winner of Pacifica Women in Business and 2023 Top 50 Women in Food and Drink. On the up is Nalini Baruch. Nisan Bula, kia ora. Nalini, how are you? Bula Wallace, wow, you put that well. Yep, and <laughs> with us, uh, it's been a long time coming, but here he is. You asked for it, I think, and here he is. Ed Amon, comedian and writer. Kia ora, Ed. Uh, kia ora, Tefano. It's good to be back. Great to have you here. Pakistan soon, back to the home country, and after three years, excited? Yeah, in three weeks' time, I'm back home. And I'm going to clean up all the political situation there. I've got all the solutions, so I'm ready. Oh, good on you. Nalini Ed with me this afternoon. Now, last week we discussed the issue, the end of the printed map. AA announced they would not be printing more maps from September. They've been in print for a century. It's the end of an era. And a few of you got in touch about this, including Jim Lewis from Jim's Cartography Services. He's the map guy. Jim, great to have you on. Oh, hi, Wallace. Um, hi, panel. Um, hi. Ed and Nalini. Yes, hi. Good to talk to you. You Thank say you. that cartographers are becoming as rare as hen's teeth. Explain that, Jim. Uh, I didn't actually say that. That Somebody on the panel said that last week, but I totally agree with it. You do? Yep. How we're, so? Um, yeah, we're, uh, we're a dying breed, I think. <laughs> um, we always will need cartographers and uh, to make maps. And um, they're just uh, not, uh, you know, you don't find them around very often. And uh, often or not, my clients have been striving to, to find me. And, uh, and it's, they come up with all sorts of weird and wonderful uh, uh, things for me to to create for them. But uh, one of the problems is that they're very expensive to be able to produce. It's certainly a one-off project, and right. um, it, it makes it uh, very, you know, not cost-effective. And so, you know, there's little incentive to keep going as long as you can. If you can on-sell the product, like... Uh, um, like many of the other book uh, sellers of maps and so on, that's great. But if you're doing a one-off thing, 
it's almost prohibitive. Is that um, right? So, yeah. Yeah, sadly to so. say. And, and then to get things printed like a poster type map, which are wonderful sort of things, you know, you're starting off just printing alone. It can be sort of $15 for an A2 size, and it just keeps going up. And if you want to laminate it, then you're going to put on $10, 15 Yeah, it just... Yeah, it's, it's pricing itself out of the market, unfortunately. The demise... So what, what AAM, what have you been doing? It's been absolutely wonderful. Okay, let's bring our panellists, Jim. They might have uh, views to say. Uh, what about you, Nalini? Do you still have a map in the glove box? Uh, not in the glove box. Yeah, see, I do rely a lot on my phone. But having said that, um, we do get so, mu- so much um, interference and we often lose signal in the wire wrapper. So I can tell from experience that there are people who are supposed to come to visit us at the Grove and have relied on their GPS signal or their nav and ended up at Lake Ferry Hotel. Uh, where the beer is better, I understand, but the fact is they've missed our property. So I was oh. hoping, you know, I really can't see a complete death of um, of maps. I mean, I we in Martinborough have just updated the Martinborough map just so that people can find more points of interest, and um, you'll certainly find Lot 8 on it. So hopefully it's not a drying breed. Hopefully it's just a lull and we'll come back. Stay there, Jim. Let's bring in Adam on. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a map uh, of um, New Zealand. It's, I don't know. It's about ten years old or something. It's, it's in my uh, glove box, and we use it sometimes uh, to look at it when we are in areas where there's no connection, and then the mm. and the navigation drops. But I had I had a question. So, do you think there? How does the future look? Do you feel that it, it is grim or is it something like yeah, print media or radio that it will come back somehow? I would like to think that it will come back. Um, one thing is that the big poster maps, you know, that's what got me hooked in the first place when I was at school. It was the big picture on the wall and then aerial photographs and whatever. When you when like when you take your family out and it's great to plan things, you can't do that on a, on an Evman or a Tom Tom or the or, or uh, on Google. Uh, Google Maps on your phone. It, it's too small. You can zoom in, you can find what you want, but you can't see the big picture. Zoom yes. out mm-hmm. and you see the big picture, you can't see any detail. So that's absolutely hopeless. The printed map is absolutely wonderful because your eye zooms in and you can zoom out instantaneously and you can uh, and you can see the whole picture. But you just can't do that in the digital format. I guess there's one thing uh, why I brought this issue back, Jim, because one of my most abiding memories as a young person was wet, rainy day, picking up the book of AA Aotearoa New Zealand uh, and sifting through the maps, listening to a bit of music, and I'd love to... I'd let my eyes wander over a particular area. I'd go to Tarawhiti and just look at that for hours. Then I'd go to Dunedin, look at that for hours, and my eyes would follow the contour of the lines. I just loved maps. You got it, and that's exactly how I felt too. And it's just wonderful looking at that, and you can see things off to the side which you would probably miss. That's if you it. go and you, you enter something in your GPS to go to a place, and it'll nail it, but you miss all the stuff on yeah. the side roads and everything else. You just for, miss it. For me, growing up, a, a, a world map was was like a dream. The world map I was mm-hmm. a dream on the wall, mm-hmm. and you always think, "Where is Pakistan playing cricket today? And where will I be <laughs> again?" There. So uh, that was a dream. Oh, you're, actually, you're a fan, mate. So yeah. am I. <laughs> 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 it's very a good. Of, 
Yeah. As a matter of fact, um, when Colin lost both his parents and the house was being emptied, one of the things that – this is my husband – one of the things he brought back to our place, which is now hanging on our walls, are really old maps of the States and Europe. And it's interesting to see how some of those borders have changed over time. Yeah, oh, it certainly has happened that mm. way. I remember locking up some countries, but do you keep them in? Like I went to East Germany and West Germany, but now that's just one country, so I lost a country. Very good, Jim. Very yeah. good. Thank you. Oh, here we go. Wallace, I love maps. I've travelled abroad. I've collected country maps, city maps, rail maps, uh, topo maps. I use Google, but nothing beats the paper in the hand. Mm. I'm heading to Japan for six weeks in a van. I have ordered a Japanese atlas. There we have it, Jim. There are fans yeah, out there. Brilliant. Uh, okay. Good on you. Thanks for joining us, eh? Many thanks, Wallace, and thanks to the panel, and I uh, really enjoy your programme. Pleasure. That's Jim's cartography services there. Uh, well, here I thought that no one had their dream job. I thought, well, who would have? Who has a dream job, Ed? Uh, quite a few. Here's one. Tony says, I have a dream job. I can listen to RNZ all day long for my entire 10 shift, sitting in my air conditioner loader at a sand plant in Ruakaga. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dream. Do you have a dream job? Text me 2101. We discussed that at 25 past four on Monday's panel. Nalini Baruch, I've been thinking. Uh, very important day today, 20th of March. Um, generally, 20th is the day most small businesses take a big de- uh, breath and say, oh, my God, it's a day to pay our 20th of the month bills. Yep. Um, but today is a very different 20th of the month. Today I'm tipping my hat to uh, Al Brown and to the entire restaurant association team for what we are hosting in the hospital industry as a thing called cooking up a storm. Um, that's a huge number of restaurants participating in a two-course dinner tonight where um, you, all you pay is $69. And of that, $46 will be put towards the mayoral relief funds for the cyclone-stricken areas. So it's a good day for us. And I, it's a good day because the industry, the hospitality industry in the last three years has been so significantly affected. But here we are still pitching together to make some lives better. So tip my head to every hospital people today. It's pretty good, isn't it? Almost mm. all of that money yeah. uh, going, uh, in fact, what, 95, 96% of the cash goes towards Cyclone Gabriel. So yes. uh, it's, a, it's a nice thing yes. to do there. Ed Amon, what's your IBT? Well, my IBT is a little bit of a, a complaint, I guess. Uh, I had um, a, a couple of weeks back, I was uh, at the airport dropping my elderly in-laws. Uh, we went through the whole process, the check-in, everything done, came to the security, and I walked them in, said goodbye. But I always stay outside to see if they've gone through, uh, passed through. But I see in my horror that one of the security person asked my uh, mother-in-law to take off the dubatta, which is like a, 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 shawl, a thin shawl cloth that uh, people wear from South Asia, or Muslim people uh, would also wear it, um, to cover their chest. Um, a woman would do it. And she asked us to, her to take it off and put it in the tray, and then it uh, made her go through without that. So it's, uh, I don't know, people might not understand, it's like asking someone to take off their pants in, in public. And I could see around it, other people were wearing their second layers. Uh, they were wearing their cardigans. Um, there were hoodies, open top shirts, open uh, open button uh, shirts. So it's just a piece of cloth covering your chest, and it's uh, um, 
So I think there's like an element of uh, training that is needed at the security staff. I tweeted about it in Auckland uh, airport replied that they were quite nice of them and then they asked me to uh, give feedback in a form uh, and you know my uh, feelings about giving feedbacks in the form I've given my feedback and they should just what do your, their training um, so your mother-in-law asked to take off her uh, dupatta is that is that dupatta, yeah, it is. so so what did what did she make of that well, she was, because they are first-generation immigrants, they, while they are in this type of situation, they want to just get it done and move on. So I asked them later, so how do you feel? And, and she has mental health conditions as well. And she was, she was like, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. It, and that means that it happens, it happens, don't worry about it. I said, I will do this and I will do that. You know, I'm a young guy trying to be, uh, but she's, no, 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 don't, don't do anything. It's fine. We are passed through. We landed safely. It's all good. I was like, okay. But you've raised the issue? I'll, I'll come to the panel. I'll talk to Wallace about it. In other words, it doesn't happen everywhere. Yes. <laughs> Very good, both of you. Yeah. So you, you have raised the issue, though, with the authorities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Wonderful dream jobs coming through. I have a dream job. I shuck oysters all day, $85 an hour, and can eat while I'm working. I think that's probably the best job. <laughs> that's so, a lot of oysters. Or, How's the stomach conditions? Well, forget a lot of oysters. It's oysters eating while you're being paid for it. Oh, all right. Special during bluffies. Exactly, mm. Nalini. Are you hearing what I'm putting down? That's yeah. a good job, huh? It's a good um, job. <laughs> you're on the panel on RNZ National. We talk about... Uh, Guy Nespin's uh, first part of a series into political lobbying. Uh, Chris Hipkins has addressed this afternoon, we discuss, just after four.